1: UFOs seem to be invading both our skies and our news outlets like never before. And more people are starting to look up and are wondering who or what might be out there. In 2016, Ryan Sprague introduced the world to countless UFO encounters that had never been made public before. And now, in the second edition of his book, he revisits these events and introduces brand new UFO cases in Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to the UFO Phenomenon. How have these events changed the lives of those involved? And what might it tell us about the phenomenon? With in-depth follow-ups, brand new chapters, and detailed testimony from credible witnesses and insight from those in the psychological, academic, and scientific fields, Somewhere in the Skies, a human approach to the UFO phenomenon weaves together a story of stories, attempting to get to the heart of these mysteries one experience at a time available now on Amazon in both paperback and ebook. To learn more, visit somewhereintheskies.com. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague.
2: It's Allie from Jersey. Um, messaged you a couple days ago. I think I'm ready to share my encounter. So this happened maybe about eight, nine years ago. Um, so I had a friend over who was a ex coworker, worker And um, he was really close with my aunt. My aunt lives literally like... Two streets down for me. So when he stopped by to visit, I, you know, asked him like, "Hey, you want to go visit my aunt? Say what's up." He was down for it. So we walked down the street to my aunt's house. It was probably like spring fallish um, in the evening because the sky kind of had that pretty cotton candy pinky purpley bluish kind of look. Like the sun was kind of setting a little bit. So for whatever reason, we were standing in the middle of the street talking instead of like in my aunt's yard or on the sidewalk. Um, so anyway, we're standing in the middle of the street and towards the end of our conversation, we're getting ready to say our goodbyes. And we all just happened to look up into the left of where we were standing. And there were these three like whites circular glowing spheres they almost looked like when the moon is full how it has that glow there was three of them in a triangular shape just kind of off in the distance and at first we were kind of like what the hell is that like it was just it was it just looked weird and they were bright enough to wear up against the sky they stood out like they stood out pretty well so we're just standing there for a while trying to figure out what it is they weren't moving or anything And my first thought was like, oh, weather balloons, but they just didn't, something was just off. They just didn't look like weather balloons. So as we're standing there trying to figure out what it was, one of them, it was almost like they had a string hanging from the bottom and they were like tethered to the ground because they were just like, kind of just stuck, like just stuck in place and one by one, it was like someone just cut the string and they just started to release into the air. And we're kind of just standing there like, the hell is that? And as they're like floating up into the sky, like they're, they were staying like same distance apart. Like they weren't like bobbing or anything. They were just shot straight up, but slow enough to where we were like, the hell is going on? And as they were going up into the sky we kind of looked further back into the sky and we noticed there were probably like 20 more of these spheres that we just didn't notice the first time because the three like you kind of couldn't tell how far they were because first glance they look kind of close but as we were kind of focusing in on them they were like they were kind of far out there so when we seen all these other spheres that were like glowing like all these little moons just kind of shooting up into the sky like I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it but there were like 20 other ones and they all just like when the first three kind of released and started to shoot up the other ones just followed after it and we were just kind of stuck um I don't remember there being any kind of sound and we were kind of close to a busy road so you can typically hear cars and horns and all of that but we didn't hear anything we just heard each other and it was like just dead silence all around us. And we were just standing there looking at these globes, these glowing globes just shoot up into the sky. And it was the weirdest, craziest, warmest kind of feeling. I don't know. It was just, it was just bizarre. So from listening to your podcast and listening to other encounters or stories that you've told or people that you've had on your podcast, I truly think it was something from another world. And it was like those three, those three globes were like, kind of, it felt like they were kind of just there watching us just like peeping the scenery. And then when we kind of looked up and noticed them and tried to like piece together what they were, they were like, oh shit, gotta go. And just kind of released up into the sky. Um, If it wasn't for all of those other ones, and there were so many, if it wasn't for all of those other ones, I probably just would have chalked it up to some weird shit in Jersey, like, who knows? But because there were so many other ones, we kind of just stood there and was like, what the fuck? And just gave each other that awkward stare and was like, you know what? I think it's time to go. And we just kind of, my aunt went back to her house Me and my friend walked up the street. He jumped in his car and left. And we just never spoke about it since. But from listening to your wonderful podcast, it's kind of brought that moment back up. And I've really, really been thinking about what it could possibly be. So I'm not sure what it was. It feels like and seems like something unworldly. Um, I would love to hear what you think. So yeah, thank you for the podcast, I love it and you're doing a great job, keep it up.
3: Hi, my name is Troy Peasley, I'm 43 years old, I'm a security officer and I work in Toowoomba, Queensland, Australia. I'd like to share with you guys a story that happened to me a very long time ago, I was uh, 12 years old. Um, So I guess I'll start from the beginning Uh, When I was younger My mother would take Myself and my Little brother On holidays To see my cousins And they lived in Redcliffe Now Redcliffe is uh, North of Brisbane And uh We'd go there Whenever we had the chance Usually it'd be on like school holidays And uh there's a whole heap of um, cousins around Redcliffe. This specific time, we were up seeing my cousins in Redcliffe and um, I don't know about you guys, but every time I got with my cousins, we would run amok as kids do. Uh, we were very active kids. I don't know if that's just a nice way of saying that we were a little delinquents, but I don't think we were. Anyway, this one particular night... My mother was, um, you know, she'd get together with all my aunties and they would uh, play cards and whatnot, have a few drinks, while all of us kids would basically run amok. Now, I think it was around 10 o'clock at night. It may have been my idea, I'm not sure. My cousins were a couple of years younger than me, so it probably was my idea. But I wanted to go exploring. Now, Redcliffe where they lived was right probably a five or five to seven minute walk to the Redcliffe beach which is where we spent most of our time when we were visiting my cousins so it was about 10 o'clock at night my aunties and mum were busy so i thought okay let's go for a little wander. and we you know we were pretty mischievous and uh you know we were we are causing havoc we are throwing stones and just being little rascals um, so yeah but we finally got to the beach and uh, anyone who knows Redcliffe Beach it's a beautiful stretch of uh, beach it was 10 o'clock at night it was clear weather it was a beautiful uh, spring spring weather I guess it would have been about 27 degrees I don't hold me to that, but it was a warm night, I remember that. And as we were walking, uh, one of my cousins, there was about four of us all up on this particular night, and uh, my cousin, Sean, looked up and he said, oh, look, a shooting star. And, you know, we'd seen hundreds of shooting stars, but anyway, we all looked up and as we were watching the shooting star, now, it come down just like a shooting star would and so we were watching it but all of a sudden this what we thought at the time was a shooting star it changed direction and it came towards us and it started to slow down and it looked like a like a yellow yellow object but i know this doesn't sort of make sense but it it you could tell that it was like a metallic object i know that sounds whatever but i just remember it you could tell that it was like had a metallic base to it. It was very bright. It uh, was mostly like a yellowish color, or even a goldish color. It was um, sort of like a like a ball, like a like a bright ballish color, uh, ball object with a with goldish yellow color to it. Now, as it started to, sl- it actually stopped, and it started to rotate in a circular motion like it started to go around in circles okay and then it stopped again and it went on the only way i can describe it is it went on its side it shifted its axis if that makes sense it went on a side and then in a blink of an eye it shot up on an angle but the fastest thing you could imagine, like turning off a light switch, it was that quick and it was gone. And it did leave like a, I don't know whether it was because of the speed or whether it was an actual, um, some type of fuel or whether it was that quick that it left like a like a reflection or a light behind it. But um, thinking back now and talking to my cousin like we're in our 40s, and um, our story has never changed And um, I remember that night we were that excited Like we were excited but a little uh, I don't know, I wouldn't call it scared But but um, weirded out, I guess would be a, something I would describe Like we were weirded out, like, you know, what the hell was that sort of a thing But we were that excited and I don't know, a weirded out that we ran home to tell our parents and we burst through the door and we didn't even think that, hey, we snuck out. So so we burst through the door and told our aunties and my mother and the only thing that they were concerned about at the time was um, us sneaking out. So we were uh, punished and sent to bed. But the next day, my auntie... One of my aunties wanted to know what we saw and we described what we saw and told her about it. And for days I remember her going through newspapers and and news reports seeing if anything had had been uh, reported and there, there was nothing. Now, many years on, every time I get with my cousins, that's the first thing we talk about is what we saw that night. And I can tell you now that I have researched uh, UFOs ever since that that moment, and um, I can tell you it it definitely wasn't a uh, meteorite, it wasn't a comet, it wasn't a weather balloon, it wasn't a plane, it wasn't a jet, it wasn't Venus. It was something that I have never seen again, and uh, it was definitely a a UFO. Uh, One of my cousins is now in the um, Air Force, And, uh, I, as you can imagine, I ask a lot of questions, but, uh, yeah, he doesn't say too much, he, but he, um, keeps that sort of, uh, what he saw to himself, as, as, you know, you can imagine. But, um, yeah, my other cousin that, we know what we saw that night, and it was definitely, um, well, it was UFO. So thank you for listening to me, and, um... Thank you for letting me share my story.
4: My name is Alex, and I live in Staten Island, New York. This happens like a year ago. I was coming home from work. It was like uh, 5, 6 p.m. And as I was walking to the back door, something shiny caught my eye in the sky that looked like a shape of a disc and it looked like the sun was reflecting right through it because it was uh, so shiny that looked like a fireball but it wasn't moving it was just static never moved from that position and it didn't make no sound at all this thing was like there, just static like for several minutes. i was uh, so in shock that um to see this that uh, I couldn't even uh, take out my phone that would be the first reaction to start recording uh but it's just you know I was so in shock that that i couldn't i couldn't do it I couldn't move. And the first thing uh, that came in my mind was uh, to tell my wife. Um, As soon as I turned around and I opened the door to tell her, uh, when I looked back, that thing was gone. It just disappeared. Didn't make no sound. No, nothing. I didn't hear anything. As I told my wife about what I seen, she didn't want to believe me. And um, funny thing that um, after my experience, uh, the next day or two, she experienced it too while she was playing outside with my two kids. And she said that the weird thing is that. Um, they try to record a video with her cell phone, you know, and this thing, this UFO or whatever it is, they couldn't record it with any cell phone at the house. Um, they try to get um, they try to get their nephews outside because the, the that thing, the UFO, it lasted for several minutes. And she had the chance to go back inside and and tell her nephews to to come outside and they were able to see it too and as soon as they tried to record it with her with their cell phone they couldn't they couldn't get a they couldn't get nothing on camera uh, that's that's the weirdest thing that they all got they, they, all, they were all in shock they were they were pointing at it with their cell phones but they couldn't get no image no video no nothing and to this day we don't know what we saw we come to a conclusion that this must be some really high technology from somewhere else because, um, again, we've never seen anything like this before.
5: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
6: Hi, my name's Daniel Custer. Most people call me Dan. Um, I'm just recording a uh, recording about my UFO sighting that I had back in 1993. Um, It was also witnessed by myself and my parents. Um, It occurred in a little town, approximately 65 kilometres or about 40 miles Southwest of Sydney, Australia. Um, I have previously reported it to Mufon. Um, it was investigated actually by the national director for Mufon Australia in New Zealand, who just by chance happened to have grown up in the same little town that I grew up in, um, just on the outskirts of Sydney. And um, he actually had a UFO sighting there himself in the 70s. Um, my sighting was in 1993. Um, It occurred on on the 6th of April 1993, Um, it was so 27 and a half years ago, and even though it was a long time ago, I I did write down um, the events of the sighting not long after, just so I would have a a record of, of it for myself, because it was an extraordinary event, And I know how time fades memory, so I wanted to keep a record of what exactly occurred that night. Um, It's basically the same report that I filed with MUFON years later and the one I am sharing with you now. So uh, it occurred that approximately just after 9pm or around 9pm on the 6th of April 1993, um, I was sitting in... The lounge room of my parents' house watching TV. Uh, My parents were sitting in the back room, the back living room watching TV in that room, so they were sitting in another room to, to me... A little bizarre in that i I was sitting there watching TV wide awake one minute, so this was probably at about maybe I don't know five to nine or something that night and um and from one second to the next I basically just started feeling this overwhelming sense of tiredness and fatigue like I was about to drop asleep then and there and um So that was unusual as I was wide awake one second earlier and I just had this overwhelming feeling of tiredness that I needed to get to bed. And so I went to bed and I was laying in bed. Um, My bedroom faced um, out to the backyard, so I had a window that looked out to the backyard and my bed was basically below the window. So I was laying in bed on my side, facing away from the window. Um, and even though I'd felt this overwhelming sense of tiredness, which drove me to bed, um, I was laying there awake for probably 10 or 15 minutes, when suddenly, I don't know why, but for some reason I, I felt this urge to just turn around. Then I turned around and looked out the window. And... Um, What I saw was basically this craft, which was completely soundless. Um, And as I turned around and looked out the window, and um, all I could see was this craft just basically moving from, from the house. It was just moving from the house over to the backyard as I looked out the window. So I just saw this craft drifting Over the backyard, it it was uh, this silver metallic coloured craft, um, round, typical, what you would describe as a flying saucer, I suppose, um, uh, look, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing, basically, I, I, I recall turning around a couple of times, and then looking back out the window, because I thought I was seeing things, and, um, Once I established that I was wide awake and that I wasn't seeing things and this thing was there, I went running out to my parents, um, basically to the kitchen window. So my parents were sitting in the living room beside the kitchen, but the room they were sitting in, they had the shutters down so they couldn't see out the window. So I came running out saying basically, look, look, there's something over the backyard and looks like a ufo or something come and have a look you know like and my parents came out to the kitchen where i was standing at that point at the kitchen window and all three of us saw this thing and um i remember telling my mum to go and get the camera but being 1993 you know we didn't have cell phones or cameras in our pockets or whatever you know we basically had a a camera with a you know, cameras back then took film, so we had a camera, but we didn't have film, and we didn't own a video camera. Um, so you know, we couldn't photograph this thing. So I, you know, I want to get a closer a look at this thing. So I decided to go out to the backyard. Um, I remember my mum saying something along the lines of "Don't go out there; you'll get, you you might get abducted," you know. And I basically just laughed and kept going and. Went out to the backyard and my dad followed me out. And so the two of us were basically standing there in the backyard. And just as, as I walked out to the backyard, followed by my dad, maybe five or ten seconds later, this thing started to move off slowly. So it just started to slowly fly off. Um, as I said, completely soundless, made no noise whatsoever. Um, was approximately... 10 to 15 metres in diameter so that's maybe 30 to 40 feet in diameter probably from bottom to top of the craft 2 to 3 metres high so what's that 6 to 8 feet and it was probably only I would say 15 to 20 metres or 45 to 60 feet above um, us so um, it was very close sighting All three of us um, described having seen the exact same thing. It definitely looked like a structured, manufactured craft. So uh, your typical silver metallic-coloured disc-shaped UFO, I guess. Um, It had a long rectangular red light with two square white lights on each side of the red light on the back of the craft... Definitely didn't see any windows or portholes or anything on, on the craft. Didn't see any dome on top of it. So just a silver disc-shaped craft with lights on the back. And as we w- went out to the backyard, it started to fly off slowly. in uh, Probably in first an easterly, then more of a north-easterly direction. Gaining in uh, height and speed the further it got away. Um, How does that make me feel, the whole sighting thing? Well, prior to this sighting, I I can't say I had a great interest in UFOs. I mean, I'd obviously heard of them, um, seen the movies and all that sort of stuff like anyone. My mum was obviously influenced by that as well. I mean, her comment, don't go out there, you might get abducted, pretty much says it all. You know, um, I guess we're conditioned to think that these things are... Extraterrestrial through TV and media, but prior to that, I personally had no interest in any of those, I guess. I mean, I was 17 at the time and you know, I I I wouldn't say I was a disbeliever, but I wasn't a believer. I was sort of like, you know, they could exist, but who knows? And I'd never put much more thought into it than that at that point in my life. My dad, um, complete sceptic, doesn't believe in aliens visiting Earth or anything like that. I will admit that since the sighting I developed a keen interest in the topic for a while and I read books about it and I I did start leaning towards the extraterrestrial hypothesis myself but um, I never 100% have believed in what UFOs are and they could be many different things. And to this day, I I don't claim to know what we saw that night. I did lean towards the extraterrestrial hypothesis for a long time, but would never say with 100% certainty. My dad takes the correct position in saying... I mean, he acknowledges having seen it still to this day, but he's always taken the correct position in saying, I don't know what it was. And truth be told, I don't know what it was either. It's changed my life in the sense that, I mean, since then I have had an interest in UFOs. Um, I've also had more of an interest just in the universe in general. And even though I can't say what it was, um, I have to say that the more I learn about this topic, the less I seem to know about it, because... There is just such a wealth of information out there and so many people with different opinions but all I can say is I don't know what it was other than a UFO which is exactly what that stands for an unidentified flying object. Um, It has changed my life in that it's definitely made me interested in them and I would love to know before I die what... The hell we saw that night, and what UFOs are, and are they different things, or can they? I mean, yeah, I just want. I've it's basically put me on a lifelong search for answers. Not that it's consumed my entire life. I don't you know, just read UFO books or study the subject or whatever but I have had an interest ever since then and it's, that interest has definitely rekindled a lot more over the last few years, it's been getting a lot more mainstream media attention again yeah, so that's my story, thanks for listening
7: My name is Jack I live in Norfolk, Virginia currently, I'm nearly 50 years old, in the late seventy. I'm eight or nine years old at the time. And we're shopping at a strip mall. My mom's in the grocery store, inside the grocery store. My dad, my brother, and I are in the car. I'm in the back seat with a matchbox car and I'm playing with it in the back window of my dad's Ford Galaxy. I don't know if you know, but those things can be good sized. Especially the back windows. Anyway, I'm playing with the car in the back, in on the back windowsill, and I look up in the sky, and I see what I think at first is a hot air balloon, like the Goodyear blimp, And I'm looking, and I get all excited, tell my dad and brother, my brother's two, three years old at the time, so he, has no clue. My dad's in the front seat. He goes, yeah, okay, whatever. So I keep looking, and a couple of seconds after I see it, I realize there's no gondola on the bottom. Okay, so it's not a blimp. Then what is it? As it continues, it's passed through through my field of view, which is framed by the building to my left and a clump of trees on my right. I see that it's smooth. Not like a blimp. It's completely smooth. And I notice something. It looks like a mirror because it's reflecting the sky. And I swear to you, I can see the rare cloud that is up there. I can see it reflect off this thing, whatever it is. And the thing just keeps going. There's no contrail. There's no anything being left behind. So I'm thinking to myself what is this? And I continue to watch it. I'm just watching this thing. I have no idea what it is. And I continue to watch it. And the only thing that I can compare it to in terms of what I've seen of UFO stuff since this The closest thing is the, what's his name, the the New Mexico sheriff. The one that had the encounter in the desert. I can't remember his name or the city he's from at the time. But anyway, it continues across my field of view. And then about halfway through, I see two jets giving chase. They must have been scrambled out of N.E.S. Langley or whatever. So I'm continuing to watch this thing happen. And I take a brief look around, and I don't see hardly anybody seeing this. So I continue to look up, and the thing was moving fairly slowly, to my knowledge. At the time, it was moving across the sky. And this thing, once I see the jets come into view... It looked like it sped up. That's the only way I can explain it. It looked like it might have sped up. Because by the time the jets get a quarter of the way through through my field of view, this thing is already starting getting ready to disappear behind the buildings. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this? And I get all excited. I get hyped up like I've had like 50 things of sugar or something. (laughs) 50 pieces of candy or something back then. And I'm hype. I'm going, Dad, Dad, did you see what I see? And he's in the front seat. He can't see out the back. so He has no idea what I'm talking about. And he has no interest in getting out of the car to look. And my little brother's in his car seat, so he has no way to know what's going on other than what I'm telling him. And before the before the um, airplanes get too far into my field of view, the thing's already gone. Now, a couple of things. First off, it was teardrop shaped. So that the teardrop, the pointed end is moving forward. It looked absolutely smooth. No seams on it whatsoever. And also like I said, it It felt. It looked like it was a mirror finish on the bottom of it. Because it looked like it was reflecting the sky. And for a split second, I thought I could see something that would be akin to maybe trying to reflect the sun off of it. But it was just briefly. Most of it was looking like it was trying to reflect sky. So it looked like it was trying to blend into the sky. And I have no idea what it is to this day i don't know and the only thing that lends any credence to it for me it makes me think i saw something is because i saw the plane give chase otherwise i might have put it out of my mind and forgotten all about it but when the plane started giving chase, i'm going i'm seeing something real here i have no idea what it was it could be alien could be man-made, something that's still to come, or something that we may never get to find out of Whatever it was, it was like nothing I've ever seen in the sky. I mean, it looked somewhere between a blimp, a teardrop, and a missile. No contrail, no noise except for the plane. This thing did not make us sound. Now, I can speculate for days on what it could be, but bottom line is I have no clue.
0: Hello, people. Um, I'd like to share a story with you, which uh, a UFO story, which has happened to myself and my brother around 40 years ago. So it was a long time ago, but the relevance of it has not changed. Briefly, my brother and I witnessed a chase between two hostile craft. The chase resulted in one of those craft crashing into a tree, and a third party was involved. That third party was able to get a close-up look of, at the craft. Uh, it measured around eight metres long and appeared like a yellow speedboat shape from the underneath. I suppose I'll go into some detail about what my brother and I witnessed. We were quite young at the time, but um, our house looked, um, looked over a valley, a valley uh, up towards the st- township of Stirling. At the end of the valley, there was a ridge uh, with some pine trees on it, and we knew the valley well. We'd hear cars and helicopters and any other mechanical devices. The sound seemed to echo down the valley. Well, on this particular night, my brother called out and said, Phil, come and check this out. At the end of the valley, just above the tree line, was a yellow object. It was hovering, wobbling around, then it would resume its hover. And we knew that this was not any ordinary craft, so we were pretty interested. A few minutes later, a red object joined this yellow object and it was almost had a cartoon-like quality to it. The the red object zoomed up to the yellow object reversed up and then zoomed up again as if the yellow occupants had not actually noticed the presence of it. The yellow object took off took off um, as fast as a rocket and the red object followed so these craft zigzagged across um, our valley back and forth many times in very close pursuit sort of like a couple of blowflies if you've ever watched a couple of blowflies zipping around the sky they they, they almost uh, operate as if they're on on the same brain because the they don't they they stay such a close uniform distance apart um, it's it's quite impressive to watch and these craft performed like that every now and again the yellow object became stuck as if it was um, caught by some invisible force and it would shake back and forth and then it would free itself and the chase would would continue the sort of movements of these craft were nothing like any Uh, conventional aircraft could do the accelerations were instant so that'd be from a stationary position, get to a speed instantly and stop, turn, reverse with no change in velocity at all so it was like watching ping pong balls bounce off of a wall that obviously overcome the barriers of inertia, there appeared to be no inertia to the movements of these craft Um, we had enough time to run into our parents room and try to get them out of bed to come and watch this but uh, they told us to go back to sleep so they um, perhaps didn't believe us eventually the yellow craft had enough of this chase and took off to our right and disappeared behind a a hill Uh, we that was the end of the event we didn't see any more chasing and we didn't see any more craft the um we waited probably for an hour afterwards to see if they would reappear but they didn't All up, the sighting lasted maybe 15 minutes in total. Now, two days later, uh, in the paper, another chap had reported on the same night at the same time, uh, hearing a, a loud crash. He ran out the back of his house, shone the torch into a tree, and saw this yellow object wedged some 30 or 40 meters into the upper branches of this tree he described it as an 8 metre long yellow speedboat shape from the underside. Now the craft had knocked off a branch measuring some 30 centimetres in diameter uh, and it had done significant damage to the tree so it had a pretty significant impact but it wasn't destroyed. Um, Daryl, the chap who had witnessed this, called the police and they did turn up but by the time they turned up the craft had disappeared. But from my brother's perspective and my own perspective, we knew Daryl was telling the truth because we had witnessed the same event on the same night at the same time and where the craft had disappeared to from our own vision was where Daryl lived, which was behind that hill. So we knew that the two events or the two sightings were the same event. So I guess... My reason for bringing this out to public is that I'm hoping to bring the conversation, to move the conversation forward beyond the believe it or not stage. Most of the public still seem unconvinced that we are actually being visited. And uh, from my own perspective, uh, well, it's, there is no question. These, these craft were so far beyond the human inventory, uh, especially during the 1980s when i think the first handheld calculator only came out in 1972 into australia so we were still pretty primitive as far as electronic technology went and these craft performed like nothing that uh, the human inventory had in its possession so it leaves uh, very little Uh, other explanations except to say that these intelligences behind these craft were non-human and likely extraterrestrial so the question is or the questions which i would like the conversation to pursue is what are they doing here you know these are these are important questions uh, are they here to help us or are they here to protect their own interest in the planet? We, this is the level of conversation that we need to get to. And we need to move beyond the believe it or not stage. I believe that the conversation is very important. The fact that my brother and I witnessed conflict tells us an enormous amount about the, the makeup of the visitors who are doing stuff on Earth. If there's conflict that still exists within these extraterrestrial groups then it's likely that self-interest also exists Mm -hmm. and this is this is sort of probably one of the most important parts of the conversation is that a lot of the a lot of the conversation seems to be or a lot of witnesses seem to think that they're here to help us well it may it may be that these entities are more benevolent than the human race. Uh, after all, we're pretty well like Planet of the Apes. We're a bunch of warring tribes, so there's no no credits to the human species at all. But whether they're here to help us or protect their own interest is really the, um, the big question. Uh, I'd hope that you guys consider uh, from your own experiences what sort of evidence that um, you've witnessed personally that will add to this story and I encourage you guys to to bring it out so that we can begin a conversation because our governments are not our institutions are letting us down they um, they've been in denial as much as uh, most of the the general public so um, thanks for listening and I hope I'll speak to you again
1: Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network.
7: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing.